You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Built Jesus Tough, Part 3. Enjoy. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. God, you're so good. You're not worried about anything, are you? Are you trusting him for the, for the little things in your life? Sometimes the little things can really wear on you, you know? You got to trust him for the teeny tiny things, too. How about the medium-sized things? Yeah, you don't want to let those medium-sized things get to you. What about the large things, the big things? Trusted him for those? What about the super-sized stuff? Good, good, awesome. Hallelujah. Where we're going to get into the Word, and the Holy Spirit's here right now, and he's ministering to us. We're just going to let him continue to do that through the Word. Father, we thank you for your Word. Are we rolling over there, Judah? We're good. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are right here, right now, in our presence. We clear our minds. We open our ears to you, Holy Spirit. We're hearing in your direction. We block out the noise of this world, and we focus on your amazing love for us. We give you a full right away to transform us, to move in our lives to build us up in you and to show yourself to us this morning. Thank you for healing, delivering, and setting free this morning, right here, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's 2016, and at Highway Church, that means it's the year of God's promises. What are we doing at 2016 at Highway Church? We're purposefully building our lives on the promises of God. We're making our daily decisions not based on how people have treated us, not based on our past, not based on the weather, not based on the economic climate, but based on what God has done for us through Christ. Our daily decisions, right? who we spend time with, where we go to work, what we, how we employ our time, where we live. We're making those decisions based on the leading of the Holy Spirit, based on the promises of God in our lives. And we're installing his promises permanently in our hearts and our minds. And as a result, wrong thinking and wrong beliefs are being exposed and removed. And to help us do that, we've had uh, two series so far. We had our first series of the year called Soul Wars, and I highly encourage you to, to f- feed on that through our website over and over again. It will help you tremendously. And we started a new series two weeks ago called Built Jesus Tough. Can you put that up there for us, E? Built Jesus Tough. A life built on the promises of God is an unstoppable life. A life built on the promises of God is a life built Jesus tough. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it describes what we're doing this year. And this is in the message translation. And it says it this way. We use our powerful God tools. What are our powerful God tools, you remember? His promises. That's right, his promises. So we use God's promises, faith in what he's done for us through Christ for smashing warp philosophies, 
We're demolition experts. We're talking about our thought life, what goes on in here. For smashing warped philosophies. What's a warped philosophy? Any thought or pattern of thoughts that would lead you in a direction away from what God has provided for you in Christ. That's a warped philosophy. Any thought or pattern of thoughts that would lead you in a direction away from what God has provided for you in Christ. We talked about, uh, we, we mentioned uh, a few different ones. I think last week we said a warped philosophy it, that goes around that many people have accepted is that as you grow older, your health deteriorates. That's a warped philosophy. Why? Because God has provided for you in Christ health all your days. Not a lot of people understand that or know that. We're going to get to that in this series. So hang in there. And we're tearing down barriers. Barriers erected against the truth of God. So if I start listening to these patterns of thought that lead me away from what God has provided for me, they begin to build barriers that get in the way of me receiving what God has for me. But we're tearing those down. And we're fitting every loose thought. We're not going to let one loose thought get away. We're fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Verse 6, our tools are ready at hand. See, we meditate in the promises of God. Forget the news. You can watch a little bit if you want to. It's up to you. But meditate in his promises. The Word of God, the promises of God should be a steady song in your life. Should be just going, going into, your, into your ears and, and meditating your mind and, and cooking in your heart and coming out of your mouth. There should be a steady stream of what He's done for you. You're speaking it with your mouth. You're believing it in your heart. Don't get distracted with all the other stuff out there with all the other talking heads and voices, right? We're meditating in Him. We're ready at hand. And because we're meditating in the promises, because we're speaking them over our lives each day, we're ready if darkness comes. We're ready for clearing the ground. We don't get caught off guard. We're ready for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. That word obedience is a good word. Obedience obviously comes from the word obey, but if you trace it back to the beginning, it means to hear. To hear in the direction of. Clearing the ground of every obstruction and building that would pull us away from the direction of Christ from our lives. We're hearing in the direction of Christ. We're listening only to who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in Christ. It's not a game. It's not a religion. It's real life, and we're doing it right here, right now. So we said there's only two steps to becoming Jesus tough. Wow, is this simple, right? And step number one, do you remember? It's making God the Father your all in all. Step number one. In other words, your relationship with the one who made you is the consuming passion of your life. Your relationship with God, your father, is more important to you than your spouse if you're married. If you're single, it's more important to you than any relationship you have, than any family, any sibling, any job. 
It's more important than any children we may have, any, any nieces, nephews, cousins. So that's step one is I choose to make knowing him the passion of my life, and I will allow nothing to compete with that ever. Step one. All right? Very important. In fact, let's see. That brings us to our memory scripture, doesn't it? You guys remember Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified. Verse 8. Don't put it up there yet. Oh, don't put it up there. Let's see. If someone can recite it for me right now, you get a prize. Can you do it for us, Sarah? Me? Yeah. You volunteered Joe, but he volunteered you. What do you think? Philippians 3.10. Go ahead. Awesome. You get the prize. You get, you get to go out with Andrew Jackson. So she gets $20. There you go, Sarah. Isn't that a good prize? Huh? Yeah. That's a good, good job, girls. Let's put that up there now, Eden. Let's put that up there now. Excellent. Yeah, so this is our memory scripture right? And boy, meditate on this. It will absolutely transform you. It will give you a foundation for making decisions. This automatically simplifies things. When it comes time to make a decision in life, there are so many things screaming at us, right? So many voices that want to tell you why you should make that decision or why you shouldn't. But this is our filter. This is our foundation. This is our guide. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Let's say it together. Ready? For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Let's do it again. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Yeah, that's our ground. That's the ground we stand on in our life decisions in our daily decisions. Is this going to lead me closer to him? Is this something the Lord is leading me to do? The devil wants you to be in a hurry, doesn't he? He wants you to press you to make a decision. You better do that now. Things don't look good. You better change this. You better, put, you better try this. But God's not in a hurry. Isn't that great? I think it's Isaiah 28, 16. It says, those who trust in the Lord will not be in a hurry. Isn't that good? Those who trust in him won't make haste, won't be in a hurry. So we're enjoying the ride. We're walking with the Lord. We're trusting in him. And our determined purpose is to experience the wonders of him more every day. Ah, That alone starts to alleviate stress right there. Oh, I'm not trying to please everybody. I'm not trying to be the greatest husband or father or person or pastor in the world. I just want to know him more. I just want to know him more. 
That's what I'm all about. That's why I'm on earth. I want to know him more. I like how Jesus said it in Matthew 6. Let's put that up there in the message. Matthew 6, 33. That's how Jesus said it. Steep. Soak yourself. Saturate yourself in. Immerse yourself in. Surround yourself with God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. And where do we find that? Do you remember? Where do we find God reality? Where do we find God initiative? Where do we find God? Yeah, in his promises. That's right. So we find the reality of who God is in his promises. We find the the reality of his initiative, his plan. We find it in his promises. His promises reveal to us his provision for our lives. So that brings us to step two. We got to step two last week. So step one in being built Jesus tough, make God the Father your all in all. And step number two is to build your life on his promises, not on your family history, not on religious tradition, not on man's philosophies, not on the opinions of man, but on the very promises of God. That's step number two. So let's talk about that. Yeah, let's put up that, uh, well, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. We read this last week. Let's eat it some more. It's so good. So we're building our lives on his promises, and, and, and 2 Peter teaches us about the importance of God's promises. And it begins by saying grace, that's God's unmerited favor, God's riches at Christ's expense, grace and peace. Peace, that's irony in the Greek, equivalent of shalom in the Hebrew, wholeness, health, well-being, prosperity, be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So God wants to multiply this unto us through the knowledge of him. Verse 4, excuse me, verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to, it's already done, has granted to us, what has he granted to us? Everything, everything, left nothing out. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. How? Through the true knowledge of him. Not what a pastor says. Not what a church says. They should be saying the true knowledge of him, but that's not always the case. Don't take man's word for it. Go, to the, go directly to the word, right? Through the true knowledge of him, you find the true knowledge of God in Jesus Christ. And you'll find that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, right? Clear as a bell. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Here it is, verse 4. For by these he, again, has granted, it's already done, he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature of God's very nature, so that you might live life his way. Having escaped, past tense, already done, the corruption that is in the world by lust. The message makes it, uh, puts it this way in verse 4. Speaking of God's promises, says they are your tickets to participation in the life of God. You should be filling your life with the promises of God. And a lot of people read the Bible, but they don't know the promises of God. You can do that. You can just read the Bible, but when you come across a promise, you need to to park it and put that thing in your heart and never take it out again. 
And boy, I've memorized so many of the promises of God over the years, probably hundreds if not thousands, that they just roll around inside of me and I'm speaking them as I go through each day. Okay? There are tickets to participation. When I put my faith in the promises of God, it clears the path for Him to move in my life. It breaks down barriers and it, 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 it cuts through the stuff that's trying to hinder me and, and keep me from living the life He came to give me. So these promises now are our foundation. Eden, would you put that pyramid up there? This is the picture I wanted to show you last week, but I didn't have it. You got it in there? So our promises, in other words, we're choosing to believe what God has done for us in Christ. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, but what you believe is the foundation of your life. There's no changing. That's how we're made. If I believe, you know, that, that I'm, I'm going to get such and such a disease because my mom had it, that becomes a foundation in my life. That's how we're made. You shouldn't believe that, right? We're redeemed completely. There are people that believe things. That's a warped philosophy. Well, I'm going to have this because my dad had it and his granddad had it. That's a warped philosophy, right? We're redeemed from the curse of previous generations. We're redeemed from the curse of sin, okay? But what you believe is your foundation. There's no, there's no getting around that. So I'm not talking about only those who believe the promises of God. As a human being, what I believe is my foundation, okay? I can believe I've been reincarnated from uh, Elvis or something, right? That's my foundation now, your beliefs. And then, so the foundation of your life is your beliefs, and then from those beliefs grow out of them what you value. And the very tip-top of you is your actions. And that's really the only visible part of you is your actions, Way at the tip top there. But your beliefs and values are where it's at. Okay? So Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at this in the message. And Kevin, where are you at? Kevin, are you right here? Is Kevin here today? There he is. Hey, Kevin. I'm going to ask you to come up in just a minute and share that uh, illustration you shared with me last week. Okay? So you can get ready. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7. Here's Jesus, right? He says, these words I speak to you, the promises of God, right, are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational. They're the bottom of that pyramid. That's what we live on, right? They are foundational words. They're words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, and that's a decision you have to make daily, because that's the last thing Satan wants you to do. He wants you to work what your past back into your life. He wants you to work your failures back into your thinking. He wants the mistakes to become your foundation. He wants the way people have treated you to become your foundation. He wants offense and, all the, and unforgiveness and all those things. But no, if you work these words, if you work God's promises into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Next verse. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, so the enemy came against this person, didn't he? Remember, we're living in a fallen world. God's will does not automatically happen on planet Earth. That's a warped philosophy. Jesus taught us that. He said, pray for God's will to be done on Earth 
as it is in heaven. Why? Because it doesn't automatically happen. You have to enforce it with the authority of Christ. You have to take authority over your body, over your mind, over your life. But nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Next verse. I like this. But if you just use my words in Bible studies, you can do that. Just come to church, hear the Bible, go to a Bible study now and then, and don't work them into your life. When do you work them into your life? Monday morning, right? When you get up, what do you do? God's promise should be the first thing on your mind. Not what's going on in the world, not what happened to you yesterday. God's promises. You're putting your faith in them, you're speaking them with your mouth, and you're believing them with your heart. That's working them into your life. You're speaking them with your, you're meditating on them. You're getting them in you. You're listening to messages that, that, that declare them. And you're speaking them with your mouth. And you're believing in the heart. So if you do this, if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. I like that. Who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. All right, Kevin, you want to come up here? Kevin, Kevin shared something with me last week. I thought, boy, this is a perfect illustration of what we're talking about. It's about a cabin up in New Hampshire. So, Kevin, I'm going to give you a mic, and Judy, you can start recording this mic too, okay? Come on up here, Kevin. Everyone say, hey, Kevin. How you doing, man? Hey, hey. Good, Good to see you. Good. So it was a thanks, cabin in New Hampshire. For, yeah, thanks for giving me the trigger because I actually forgot about it. Horribly. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm putting you on the spot. Um, so uh, a couple of years ago, um, you know, it's actually up in Maine. Um, I'm sorry, Maine. Our, Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, oh yeah. There's a border right there. <laughs> they have nicer roads actually in New Hampshire. Do they? Um, but at any rate, um, so every year my father-in-law who is pushing 75, right, hon? Um, he would crawl under um, our, uh, all the three cottages that he owns up there, um, underneath to kind of jack up the, um, you know, the camp. Um, and they all were kind of squaggly. You couldn't open cabinet doors or, you know, physical doors to walk through because everything had kind of shifted over the, the winter. Um, and they had these pylons that he would just, you know, put rocks on top of to kind of make everything as even as he could. Um, but I got this vision when, when Joseph was sharing, you know, just this simple uh, story that we all learn in, in Sunday school of never having to do that again, you know, never having to be part of that shifting uh, environment uh, because we can, you know, put our lives in, on the rock, right? Jesus is the rock. And a, a few years ago, my grandfather kind of, in, or my grandfather, my father-in-law kind of anticipating his later years and not wanting to be 90 years old under there jacking up that camp, which is actually a frightening thing, um, decided to put the houses on full foundations. And when they put the house on full foundations, they actually slide uh, the cabin back, a few, maybe uh, 50 feet or so, and they use ivory soap to kind of slide it back. And men can just, two or three guys can just push that thing back. But they built the, um, the foundation down on the ledge. So that concrete was actually anchored to the ledge, which is about six or seven feet down from the topsoil. So they went down yeah, six they, or seven they, feet to the very ledge. Anchored it right to the ledge. And poured a new foundation. And then they poured a new foundation and slid the house back. And um, 
he'll never have to jack up that camp again because it's on the rock, yeah. right? That's and awesome. uh, yeah, and every year we go back since then, all the cabinet doors open, you know, the, the external doors open, the sliders work, and it's just a beautiful thing to have your uh, life anchored to something that will never, ever move. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kevin. I appreciate that, bro. Thanks, man. Man, that's good. So I think of that. Have you ever had that experience? So you went into the cabin and you couldn't open the doors. The sliding doors weren't working. What was the problem? The foundation. Are there things not working in your life? Are there things that aren't opening up? Things not working like they should. We need to check our foundation. What are we believing? That's our foundation. So if things aren't working in my life, I have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit illuminate to me the wrong thinking in my life. Yeah, thinking that's not in line with what God has done for us in Christ. Because he's given to us everything pertaining to life in God, everything. He left nothing out. And that's a, that's a foreign concept to the world. The world has this idea that, man, you're just living in this world and things are going to happen and this is going to, it's just the way it is. And, you know, say la vie, or love, what is this? Say la vie, that's life. Que sera, sera, right? What will be, will be. Never should that be in your thinking. Never. We don't let darkness be in our lives, right? We're taking authority over it. So I thought that was a great example. Now let's get into what we want to get into here. So, let's, so how do we work? How do we build a new foundation? I like that same house. They slid it back, and the same, nothing changed in the house. It was the foundation. And we do that by changing our beliefs. So uh, let's see here. Let's see how much time we got. Yeah. So let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to shine the light of Christ in every corner of our lives and reveal to us wrong thinking. Reveal to us wrong beliefs, things in our foundation that need to change. And do what you need to do. Renovate, reconstruct, new construction, expand and increase us in you. In Jesus' name. So we're, we're, we're all about our foundation because if that's in place, everything else comes together. So how do we do that again? We meditate on the Word, right? We want to, boy, I tell you, I'm always looking for good preaching on the Word of God, and it's not easy to find because a lot of time you hear a lot of man's ideas. And good preaching, it teaches you who God really is, what He's done for you in Christ, and who you are in Christ the finished work of Christ, all right? So when you come to church on Sunday mornings, you know, you're, it's kind of like going to the grocery store. If you go to the grocery store, what, once a week, maybe twice? But you go to the grocery store to get your food for the week. Can you imagine if you went to the grocery store to get your food for a week and you got one meal and then you, 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 know, you bought it and then you ate it in the van and then you, got it and you came home? How long would that last you? Well, this is what many people are doing. They're coming to church. They're hearing the word, but that's all they eat. So, Eden, would you put up our podcast page on there? I think you have to go back to the announcements uh, presentation. We want you to eat richly, okay? So what we do is every message that we bring forward, we edit it and, and, and uh, export it into an MP3 file as a podcast, 
and they're all free, but we post them on our website. So if you go to highwaychurch.us, show them the first website page, highwaychurch.us. That's our website. So you, it's very simple. It's a landing page, and then you've got six buttons, okay? And you've got Facebook and Instagram. Then you've got right there the, the YouTube and Vimeo buttons are video Bible studies that we've done. They're food you can eat. But our, our messages that are delivered during our services are the, ne- the last two buttons, the Apple button and the podcast button. They're the same thing. It's just two different ways of listening to it. So if you use iTunes, you can click on the Apple button, and that will, that will take you to iTunes. And then you can subscribe to our podcast, and every time a new message comes out, it'll show up in your, in your subscription. It's all free, but it's, it's, it's nice. It's just, boom, it's right there. Ready to listen. I've got a bunch of them on my a uh, bunch of subscriptions on my iPhone uh, in my podcast app. So a number of great, great uh, messages that I can just access when I'm out doing whatever I'm doing. And then that button all the way on the right, that's a podcast button. If you click that, then go to our podcast screen. That button will take you here. This is the direct podcast page. This is, this is if you don't use iTunes. So you'll see there's last week's message right there, Build Jesus Tough Part 2. You can download it. You can just listen to it. Right? You don't have to download it. You can just listen to it right there. But what you do, there is, there's so much in any one message you're going to hear here. I guarantee you it will feed you richly for the rest of the week and many weeks to come. So we're coming to eat. We're coming to receive from God. So these scriptures, man, you snap, if you get, they're on the screen. Boom, snap picture of them or do something or write the reference down. Take a note on your phone. Get that reference, man, and go home and eat it. Yes. It's rich. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative. God, man, that's a rich one. I love that one. I, I grabbed that thing the first time I ever read that. Ooh, steep my life in God reality. I, that's mine, right? And I grabbed that thing. So eat, Okay. So usually the podcasts come out no later than noon on Tuesday, okay? But you, you can go all the way back to the very first Sunday two years ago in February, all the way back, and it's all free, okay? Those are all available to you, but please eat. We want to build. They will help you make sure you've got a strong foundation, all right? Hallelujah. All right, now let's get into this. So God's promises w- cover the full spectrum of you covers every area of your life, your spirit, your soul, your body, your finances, your health, your relationships, your employment, your destiny, your life purpose. God has you fully covered and then some, all right? So what we're going to do in this series, we're going to go through each part of you, your spirit, your soul, your body, your finances, your life purpose, and we're going to eat the promises of God in those areas. And we're starting with your spirit, because your spirit is by far the most important part of you. If your spirit isn't all set, nothing else is really going to work for you consistently. All right? So let's start with our spirit. We're built Jesus tough, so let's cover our spirit now, okay? So you're a spirit, right? We all know that. Some people don't believe that. But you are anyway, whether you believe it or not. You really are a spirit. Inside of this flesh that you're in is a spirit that's eternal, okay? It's never going to stop working. Your body is mortal. It will Someday, if Jesus doesn't come back, it will stop working or you just get translated like Enoch, right? But there's a spirit in us. So God is a spirit, and you were made in his image. So your spirit, Jesus said it like this in John 6, 63. He said, it's the spirit that gives life. 
The flesh profits nothing. Wow. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. God knows exactly how we work. The spirit is where it's at. Let's put Proverbs 4.23 up there. Boy, this is so important. So the first thing you want to get set is your spirit. All right? Now, in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, when they're speaking of your spirit, they'll speak of it metaphorically. In the Hebrew, they use the word kidneys. In, in English, we translate it heart. In our culture, we say heart, right? But it's, it's a metaphor for the center of you. It's not talking about your physical organ in your circulatory system. It's talking about your spirit. He says, above all else, guard your spirit. Why? For it is the wellspring of life. Isn't that what Jesus said in John 6.63? It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Your, your, your physical heart, your brain, that's not where life is at. Those are physical tools that God has given us to navigate in this world. That's all they are. That's not who you are. You are not your physical heart. You are not your physical brain. You're actually a spirit. Very important to understand that. Above all else, guard your heart, guard your spirit, for it is the wellspring of life. So what's the greatest need of our spirit? If our spirit's the most important, what's the greatest need? Gatorade? What's our spirit need? Hmm. Listen closely. The greatest need of the most important part of you is this, to be united with God. Your spirit desperately longs to be brought into an unhindered union with the one who made you. That is the greatest need of mankind. They may not know it, but it is. It's true of any human being, regardless of what nation they're born in or what language they speak. Mankind is so God-hungry. You just study the history of mankind. What is, what is the desire of every religion to somehow please God, right? That's why we're not in a religion. We're in a relationship. Right? But you study world history, and it's man trying to somehow get to God. Why? Because way down in the very core of you, there is this the eternity planted inside of you. There's this unstoppable desire. Your spirit knows the only way I can really live is to become united with the one who made me. It's the greatest need. There's no need greater in your life. But there's a big problem. Sin has separated us from God. That's a huge problem. So our greatest need got destroyed, got cut off when Adam fell. So, in fact, Isaiah chapter 59, 2 says it this way. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Oh, that's good news, isn't it? Wow. That's, all, that's the worst thing that could ever happen, to be separated from God. Nothing worse than that. Separated us from God. Romans 3.23, same thing. For all have sinned, so we all have this huge problem. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, when you've got a huge problem, what do you do? You need a huge promise, right? Right? What's the answer to a problem? A promise. 
So for every problem in your life, you need a promise of God. This is a huge one. What's the promise that fixes this problem? There's a bunch of them. Let's start with 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin, zero, zip, perfect purity, to be sin. For who? You. What? When did Jesus become sin? When did God make him sin? On the cross, right? And in the grave. He became sin on the cross, and he descended into hell and died. He was separated from his Father. The only time ever. Amazing. What was he doing? He was taking on the biggest problem we've ever had. He bore it upon himself. Why did he do that? So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How righteous are you? If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're as righteous as God is righteous. That would, that would, that would be blasphemy in some religious circles, but it's the gospel. In other words, I don't have a sin problem anymore. I'm not a sinner anymore. Why? Because I've done more right things than you know. Because I believe in what he did for me. He took my sin and he gave me his righteousness. And my righteousness is not based on how many I's I dot or T's I cross. It's based on what he did for me. Let's look at another scripture. Let's go to Isaiah 118. Come now, this is prophetic. This is 600 some years before Jesus ever came. He's talking about what he was going to do, how he was going to solve the greatest problem mankind ever had. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Wow. Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. So if you've put your faith in Christ, are you a sinner? No. I hear Christians say that all the time, I'm a sinner saved by grace. That's wrong. If you're saved, you're not a sinner anymore. You're saved. You should say, I was a sinner, but now I'm saved by grace. Now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And boy, you're going to see why this is so important. i got to keep moving here. Let's get into Romans chapter 3, verse 21. This is the, this, these are, I'm, we're going through promises that solve our biggest problem. Because there is no reason for you to feel distant from God anymore. There's no reason for you to feel that there's any barrier between him and you anymore. Because there's not. Christ destroyed that barrier, which means you have 24-7 access to the presence of God anytime, day or night, regardless of what you've done or haven't done because of what Jesus has done. But now the righteousness of God, you can't get any more right than that. Without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto who? All. Unto all 
and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we know we've all blown it. We know we've all missed it. So we put our faith in Jesus Christ and the righteousness of God is credited and given to us. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Wow, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, the full payment of through faith in the blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission, that's the wiping out forever, of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. That's you. You've put your faith in Jesus, so God has given to you His very own righteousness. One more scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we've gone through how many promises now regarding our biggest problem? One, two, three, four. This is the fifth one. And then I'm going to tell you why this is so important. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a sinner. No, that's not Bible at all. It's taught in a lot of Christian churches, but it's not Bible. You know there are things taught in churches that aren't Bible. It's time to know the Word. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Do you see yourself in this way? Or do you see yourself how you were a year ago or a week ago? Or five years ago. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. This builds a strong foundation now. Verse 18. Well, the new has come. We'll go back to that, verse 17. The new has come. Isn't that what Jesus said in John 3 to Nicodemus? He's talking about being made new. He said, you must be born again. You must be born from above. So when I put my faith in Christ... My spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is made new. It goes from being dead and and stinky and sin-filled and corrupted and polluted to being, being made alive and clean and brand new. No greater miracle than that. No greater miracle than that. The new has come. Hallelujah. Verse 18 now. All this is from God. No one else can do this for you. He did it for you. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We're hang with me. We're going somewhere. This is really good. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore God's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him, here it is, who knew no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become a little better than our neighbor. The righteousness of God. Say this with me. I am now the righteousness of God. You might hear some devils screaming at that. You, look what you did last night. You're not righteous. You just did that. You, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, why is this so huge? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I'm going to give you one big one. 
when you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, as sure as you know your name, as sure as you know that one and one are two, when you know that you are one with God, that your spirit has been united permanently with him, it will give you a confidence and a strength that is beyond anything this world could ever give you. It will, it will, it will cause the very strength of God to operate in you. Because there's something that's at the root of just about every issue in life. Do you know what that is? Condemnation. We talk about fear and stress and worry, anxiety, but you know what's way down underneath all of that? Condemnation. Eden, would you put that uh, diagram up there with the, the roots? Here's a little picture of it. See, when, if you're going to get into the foundation, you've got to go all the way down. You've got to go down to the truth. And, and we all can relate to fear, stress, doubt, depression. But see, your spirit is longing to be one with God. And even if you've put your faith in Christ and your spirit's united with him, the devil will try and make you doubt and question that. Condemnation is any, any thought that tries to convict you of being unrighteous. And the devil's good at it, isn't he? Because right? in one sense, he's right. We don't deserve anything. And he'll use that. he say, you don't deserve that. How can you ask God for that? You don't deserve that. You deserve to be sick. You didn't do this. And, you did. and in one sense, he's right. We don't. In our own, if we're talking about our own, what we really deserve, we don't deserve anything from God. But he's very wrong because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did, we deserve everything that God gave us. We deserve it based on what he did for us. So underneath it all, because you can't have confidence to walk in the life that God has for you if you're condemned. Because you're going to believe, you're believing God for something, and boom, darkness shoots an arrow at you, right? Look, how could you say that? Why did you say that to so-and-so? I thought you were a Christian. Look at your life. Look at the decisions you've made. And all of a sudden, what are you doing? Condemnation is trying to work its way in. Why? To, to, to cripple your confidence. Because when your confidence is crippled, other things can, can get in there. You ever see a crack in a sidewalk and a weed starts to grow into it? Right? You let that thing grow and a, a sidewalk will crack. Isn't that amazing? And that's what happens. These little thoughts of insecurity, not being sure that I'm righteous before God. They're way down in the core of me. And they begin to cripple me and they begin to grow. And up from them comes fear, stress, doubt, depression. And you get these clouds over top of your life that begin to hinder the abundant life that God wants to give you. This is huge. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Then we're going we're gonna to bring it to a close for today and we're going to continue next week. So powerful. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. He, he, he fixed the problem at the root. 
When you grab a weed by the roots, you ever try, you pull a reed and you just get the, the top off, but underneath the ground, like some of the dandelions, man, they're tough. You know, they, you, you, there's the roots, it's like, you got to get a pool to pull the thing out of there. God got all the way down. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Let's read it in the message. Yes, this is the message. Ready? With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, the fateful dilemma is resolved. The greatest problem of mankind is resolved. Your greatest need is met. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying, black cloud. It's gone. I can come before God with confidence no matter what I've done. It's a once and for all sacrifice, past, present, and future, I'm clean. This, a new power is an operation. Yeah. Hallelujah. I hear people talking about, uh, and I get offers for solar power, and it's a great way to save money on electricity, right? Well, this is a new power. Yeah. What was the old power? Works. Trying to earn it by my own efforts, trying to win favor with God, trying to be righteous in my own strength, trying to live life with my own wisdom. No, there's a new power in operation. It's the spirit of life in Christ. And like a strong wind, it's magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Amen. Hallelujah! Oh, Hallelujah! Now, if we had to, we're going to get into this next week. You're going to find out. We're going to shine a light on the things that condemnation causes, the thought patterns, like insecurity, like perfectionism, like assumptions, thinking uh, that you know what other people are thinking about you, like uh, invalidating yourself, all kinds of things. This is going to be so good next week, but we don't have time to keep going, so we're going to stop right here. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is changing us. We're building a house this year. We're pouring a new foundation, a foundation that's pure cement, that's pure, Lord God, that's just built on your promises. We're removing wrong beliefs. We're removing wrong thinking, and we're putting our confidence in what you've done for us through Christ, and we thank you, Father. There's nothing between us and you anymore. You have given us life and life abundantly and we receive it this morning in Jesus name at Highway Church we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you if you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you please visit us at highwaychurch.us you can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.